Hi, this is Haley Beebe, the Carveline Color Admin. Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Janus. Paul, here we go for another episode of Quarantine Tech Service Podcast. Hey, there you go. Yeah, it's a whole nother day here. Not not really different. I think I said that last time. Yeah, it's the same as it was before. I have the same scenery. Nothing changed. I think we should look forward to brighter days, though. So if you've listened to the Carbonite Tech Service Podcast over the, the years, I could say years. I started to stop myself, but... No, that's awesome. And we had an odd way of selecting topics. So... The last time we did something, we shot a VP of Carboline, Mr. Jim Rippey, a senior VP. Executive VP, yep. Yeah, yeah. Out of a cannon. I think we have to beat that. Now, I haven't decided what that is, and maybe our listeners can help us out with suggestions, but I have figured out our next victim. I can't wait to hear. I'm not sure how willing of a participant he's going to be, but Redfern... Mr. Jeff Redfern. Right now, we can't do anything. We can't get that close. Yeah, you're safe with your six feet. As <laughs> soon as that ban is lifted, I don't catapult, catapult. That's always an option. Drop him out of an airplane. There you go. Or a helicopter. I've always wanted to go up in a helicopter. We should do a helicopter. Do we need to do a GoFundMe so that we can drop Jeff out of a helicopter? <laughs> oh, I know. We can take the Carbo Cop. You know, we go down to the Carbo Cave. You know, after we open the red phone, down to the Carbo Cave and the Carbo Copter. There you go. I'm game to see this facility. I'm Carbo Man and you're Robin. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, look out, Red Fern. I don't know when, and I don't know what. All right. All right. So now we're going to continue on our Cost of Coatings series here that we've got going. We're kind of still setting the stage a little bit. We talked about surface prep and the different things that can raise and lower the price of surface prep for a coatings job. But now we're, we're working our way into talking about the difference in cost to coating technology. And part of that is to talk about what you get, spin that, and why some coatings are more expensive than other coatings. That's right. And a lot of cases, this really comes down to what kind of an environment is it going to be in? So we need to be able to define those environments and have it be equalized across the board. So no matter where you're working in the world, you can compare these environments to know how did it perform there because it's never going to be exactly the same. So you're always looking for something that you can use to relate. That's all you want to do is get a relatable comparison. The International Standards Organization, ISO, ISO, has put together this massive standard, and it's referred to a lot in a lot of different global specs and in a lot of different global standards. And the one in particular that we're talking about right now is the 12944. And it that's usually how it's referred to is 12944 or ISO 12944. And really what this is, the full description of the document is Paints and varnishes, corrosion protection of steel structures by protective paint systems. This document is broken down into nine different sections, and these sections run from 
10 to 30 or 40 pages per section. Each one breaks down a little different of what they do. Part two of it, that's the one that gives us the classifications of the environments. That's really the one that we're going to talk most about today. But some of the other titles, when you see part three, it's design considerations. Or part four is types of surface and surface preparation, which we've already talked a little bit about some of those. Another one we see a lot is section six or part six, which is the laboratory performance and test methods. And that gives explanation to the lab how it is that they actually have to run the tests that they're doing. Sure. And, you know, it's a deep, deep specification, and we're not really going to have time to cover that entire specification, but that's not really the point. We want to cover the important part. And in the NACE document that we're looking at that talks about life expectancy, which is an important part of cost considerations, you know, if, if something costs significantly more, but it lasts longer, then sometimes that's worth it. So what we're going to do is in that other document, the atmospheric corrosivity categories play heavily. That's right. And so what we're looking at is ISO has broken these down into categories of C1, C2, C3, C4, C5. And most recently, back in about 2017, they made a massive update to this and they added an extreme environment. And that one they call classify as CX. Now, there's also some immersion ones, but we're not going to get into those because that's not the topic of this series here that we're doing. But they have some immersion testing that they include as well. So one of the things that they do is they, they did try to break it out. And on the low end of the scale for corrosivity, you have C1. And on the very high end, you have CX. And it's, it's just like you would think. C1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and then X. So it builds up and it becomes more corrosive. You know, a C1 or a 2 could be comparable to a rural environment. That's right. And usually you look at those kinds of places. Is this rural or... You frequently see it for the inside of buildings. And, you know, if you've got a building that's climate controlled, that's going to classify as C1. Yep. There's virtually no corrosivity there. All right, Paul, here we go. It's that time where uh, I guess we're going to talk about you and your guys again. Hey, you know, that's always a good place to start. I mean, I don't know why we do that. You already got big enough pads. <laughs> we're just trying to fill the space that has been presented to us. And when you have an industry leading technical team, it's great to keep them out there in front of everybody. That's right. Monday through Friday from 8 p.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, you can reach our award-winning technical service department just by chat. Go to Carboline.com, and in the bottom right-hand corner, you'll see a little dialog box. Just go ahead and click on there, and you'll get one of Paul's and his guys. And if you get Paul, make sure you call him Paul. Now back to the show. Now, when we get up into C3, 4, and 5, that's kind of where these main things live that we're comparing. C3, we look at, you know, some urban or industrial atmospheres with low levels of pollutants, but they're still pollutant. When we get into C4, these are heavy industrial areas where you have a moderate level of pollution in the air, a moderate level of corrosive particles, or we get into chemical environments like inside of a chemical plant or the uh, nautatorium, an area where a swimming pool might be. That chlorine that's in the air is going to be very corrosive to most stuff. That's going to classify as a C4 environment, even though it's an indoor climate-controlled space. Those chemicals contribute to corrosion. And when we talk about and when we get into these different categories, you know, we continue on to C5 and, 
and CX. And C5, that's really going to deal with uh, sometimes your marine environment. Yep. You're um, in a chemical factory, you know, and then that's when you start to get into the CX. That's right. And really the CX came about to help the really high salinity environments, high humidity, very aggressive exposures. You'll see a lot of this in offshore platforms, that kind of a space where you've got the worst of all conditions. And so therefore it has the most testing. And really what we look at as you go through each of these, it gives you a general range of testing that you should be able to withstand in order to meet the classification of each one of those. And it's just some basic testing that we look at. There's general water condensation testing. There's a neutral salt spray testing. And when you get up to the top end in C5 and CX, we do some additional cyclic aging testing. And these are all part of the ISO document. You know, Section 6 gives great details about what is required in each of those. But you're looking at normally hundreds of hours is what you have to withstand for each of those until you get up into the most extreme, you know, C4, the maximum one, and C5, you're looking at 1,440 hours in order to meet those, and that's in a salt spray. So it's not an insurmountable level, but it is a standardized protocol, and that way you can compare different paint co- paints from different paint companies with different variables like we're trying to do in this Service Life of Coatings document. It allows us to standardize something so that we can have different variables. Absolutely. And just like we talked last week with the B117, it's the standard that is important that we're comparing apples to apples and oranges to oranges. You know, that's why when we strip away brand names and things like that, we're looking at very specific environments that have required testing. We're looking at that testing that is the same across the board. And then when we get to talking about generic types, it's not necessarily carboines, polyaspartic or epoxy. It's just polyaspartics, epoxies, polyurethanes. That way, everything can be stripped away and we're literally comparing apples and apples and oranges and oranges. That's why controls exist in the first place. And we don't really need to get on that soapbox because I did that last week. <laughs> and there are some cautions. You know, a part of the ISO document, I think it's in section six is an acknowledgement to the fact that accelerated testing doesn't necessarily mirror real-life testing. And, and that is a given. That doesn't mean the accelerated testing doesn't carry value. That's right. Again, it puts that level benchmark for us to be able to make a comparison. So next week when we come around, we're going to talk about the different levels of coatings, kind of where they rank cost-wise, But then we'll kind of start to explore why certain ones cost more. And you'll kind of see, to a certain extent, it will follow the life cycle. You know, added benefits and value within a product, pain or not, will make it cost more. That's right. So join us next week when we dive into some of the different coding technologies. But we thought this would be a good kind of review and refresher. I think down the line, we're going to have to do a whole series on the ISO 12944 because as uh, the industry grows, it is becoming more and more the universally accepted specifier's guide for specifying industrial coding systems. I agree completely, Jack. Yeah. So it really is becoming the industry accepted 
guidebook to creating a specification. So maybe when we get done with costs, we'll go down that road. All right. All right. Thanks for joining us this week. Hope you're safe, and we'll see you next week. And so, for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd like, like to thank, thank you for your support. Who put the